please. Exodus chapter 17. And if you have your pen, pencil, lipstick, mascara, whatever you want to write with, pull out your notes and let's do this. The call of Moses is we're looking at Moses leading the Israelites through the wilderness. In fact, they, God led them into the wilderness and they were there for 40 years because of some choices and things. We're going to see that as we continue on with this series. My, um, my mom always, my, my mom and dad always used to say that the re- I said, why were they in the wilderness for 40 years? And my mom says, it's because the, all the men didn't want to ask for directions. I didn't understand that, but now that I'm older, I totally get it. I know where I am. I'm here. Um, but here's, the, here's, the, here's what I want to discuss this morning and the question, can we trust God to do the little things that God's obedience requires? Most of us obey God about 99%, but we have that one area in our life in which we hold on to. I call it a pet sin. Some of us have designer bags for our pet sin, and some of us, we have that one area in our life that we haven't released. Pastor Sean said, it's the last 1% of obedience that's the most difficult to do. And so think about that as we read this passage of Scripture together. Exodus chapter 17, beginning with verse 1. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages according to the commandment of the Lord and camped at Rephidim. I I said that totally bad, but that's right, we're going to keep rolling. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people grumbled against the Lord and said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us, our children and our livestock, with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, what shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel and because they tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord among us or not? Then the Malachite came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalekite. Amalek, tomorrow I will stand on the top of the mountain, of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hands, Israel prevailed, and whenever he lowered his hands, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun, and Joshua overwhelmed 
Amalek and his people with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it, the Lord is my banner, Jehovah Nisi, if you're reading the King James, saying a hand upon the throne of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Let's pray. Precious Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's truth. We thank you, Lord God, that you've established your word above your very name. That it is an authority, that it is sufficient. and We submit ourselves to it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we recognize it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We recognize, Lord God, that you've called us not to be hearers of the word only, but to be doers of your word. We ask, Lord God, that you would use this word in the power of the Holy Spirit like a sharp and double-edged sword and divide between our soul and spirit and our bone and our marrow. Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus right now that you would change us and transform us according to your word through the power of your spirit. And as always, Lord God, let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a a shortened message, so we're going to buckle up and get ready because we just had a long video, and so I'm going to mince with the words and we're going to get into the good stuff. There's two stories here that you see. You have the water from the rock, and then you have... um, Israel defeating Amalek. And I want to kind of break this down because both of them were dealing with the same issue. They wanted, they they did not trust God. They wanted to quit. And I don't know where you are this morning, but if you're here this morning and you want to quit or life is hard, the answer is yes. It's interesting, the world that we live in One of the things that are being peddled from the news media, from everybody, is how everything, the earth is fragile, and everyone's going to die, be afraid, that everything is happening, that you're going to die, and and, and be afraid, and there's this this idea that I I don't know what we're going to do, be afraid, And, and and. What's happening here in the midst of Israel, similar things are happening and people are grumbling amongst themselves in Exodus 17. They're thirsty. You can live three days without water. And all of a sudden, you have Moses leading these people into the wilderness and there's no water and the people are grumbling against Moses and Moses is afraid that they're actually going to stone him. Now, God just led them through the Red Sea. God just delivered them all the plagues. God just did all of these things and now what are they worried about? What are they fearful about? The instant. Right in the moment... We're thirsty. Give it to us. It's interesting. We live moment by moment sometimes and we don't reflect on the goodness of God in the past. When's the last time you reflected on the goodness of God in the past? When's the last time you go, man, if it wasn't for God, I would have. 
Like I look at my wife. I was engaged before I met my wife to this other woman. And I'm like, and God totally blew that up. I was like, man, where would I be now if I was married to another woman? My wife, would, my wife always tells me, you'd be a lot less happy, I'm telling you. She lets me know. But here's the deal. Like, to understand, David said, I would have forsaken if I wouldn't have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In Psalms, he also says, I am, I am old, but I was once young, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread. Church, we sometimes have got to get ourselves out of the moment and see the goodness of the Lord. And so they're walking through the wilderness. All the people are grumbling. And, and maybe it's not all the people. Maybe it's just the silent majority. There's, there's the silent majority, and then there's the loud minority. Well, the loud minority is toxic because it starts to spread like wildfire. And group think starts to take everybody, and you start thinking and having this mob mentality. And everybody stops thinking, and they all start, yeah, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I want it, I want it, I want it. And they stop trusting the Lord, and they want to quit on the leader that God has placed in authority over them by stoning him. They want to quit because there's this army that's about to come against them and destroy them. Lots of grumbling, lots of quarreling, lots of issues. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Two ways to trust God when you want to quit. The first one is trust God when your need is immediate. Just trust him. Man, I could tell you story after story after story. One of the stories, I went and planted a church in Orlando. We didn't have two nickels to rub together this first Christmas. And my wife said, what are we going to do for Christmas? I said, I guess we're going to string popcorn together and pray that God provides. And so we started praying, and, I, and my wife says, I'm going to pray, and God's going to, I'm going to pray for a certain amount of money that God's going to give us so we can have Christmas. Okay. I'm like, well, don't tell me, because if it doesn't come in, I don't want to be disappointed. That was kind of my response. And we started to pray. And literally two weeks later in November, some people that we were friends with, I hadn't talked to them in like three years, said, heard, heard you're planting a church, thought about you. God just put you on our hearts. They sent me a check, and they sent us a check. Ironically, it was made out to my wife, so for her it was all hers. And it was $600. And that was the exact amount that she was praying for. Because God, in the immediate, cares about the things we care about. What does Peter say? Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. We can trust God with the impossible. We can trust God. We just, we just had a funeral in Yorktown at Coastal there. Dear Saint, a guy named Davis Cartwright Okay, 77 years old, he fell off the roof, broke his neck, and they basically, they, they, they kind of kept him alive for as best they could, and then he passed. 
and everybody's praying for his healing, and everybody's praying for the miracle, and everybody's praying. Here's the, here's the thing that Davis said as he was talking to Pastor Sean in the hospital just before he died. He said, I'm going to be healed, whether healed or, or in eternity. We don't live for the here and now. God provides in the immediate, just like he provides for us in eternity. He's got his healing now, right? And so why in that, why, why in the world do we live so, so in, the, in this? Listen, you need to trust God when the need is immediate. We need water. We're going to die in three days. Okay, God, it's, now it's time for you to show up. It's time for you to do it. Don't be like the Israelites and start grumbling, complaining, getting people together as if that's going to help. You thirsty? Yeah, I'm thirsty. Yeah, we're all thirsty. What are we going to do? I don't know. Let's throw stones at, our, at the leader that God has placed in, in our lives. What? That doesn't make sense. That's not going to give them water. No, instead, what are we to do? See, Psalm 103 says this, God made his ways known to Moses and his acts to the people of Israel. The problem is the Israelites only knew his acts. They didn't know his ways. If you're here today and you see the things that God has done, but you don't know God through Jesus Christ and the gospel, then you don't know God. You just see what he does. And so Israel was thirsty with no water. The people had lost hope and are complaining. And in the moment, God said, hey, I got something for you, Moses. Don't worry. Because what did Moses do? Moses is the only one. He, look at verse 4. You have your pen, your pencil, whatever, underline this. So Moses cried to the Lord. Did you know... Many, many times as you're reading the book of Exodus that the Bible says that Moses cried out to the Lord, Moses cries out to the Lord, Moses cries out to the Lord, Moses cries out to the Lord. And did you know that the Lord never gets tired of Moses' cries? And do you know that if you're in a situation and you don't know what to do and you're afraid and you, you don't have the, the strength to go on to trust God and you cry out to the Lord, you'll never get tired of your cries. Cry out to him. You know, the Bible says in Psalms that he saves every single one of your tears in a bottle. My mom always says this, I have a big bottle waiting for me in heaven of tears. God sees, he already knows. In the Gospel of Matthew, it says that the Lord has the answer even before we even present the need. So Moses cried out to the Lord, so at least he did the right thing. What shall I do with this people? They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, hey, I've got it covered. Pass on before the people. Then he said this. This was interesting. Take some of the elders of Israel with you. He wanted, God wasn't just going to do this through Moses quietly. He was going to do it so that the leaders knew. Because what God wanted to do was to demonstrate, not only can you trust Moses, you can trust me, you can trust Moses, but he wanted other people to be able to communicate the goodness of the Lord. So they go to the elders, they go into this place, he takes the staff, he strikes the rock at Horeb, 
and all this water comes out. <laughs> it's awesome. Massa means testing. And he called the name of the place Massa. That, that, that in the Hebrew means testing. Okay? And Mirabah. And Mirabah means quarreling. So testing and quarreling. And we're going to name this place. <laughs> Call the name of the place Massa and Meribah. Say, where are you going? I'm going to Meribah and Massing. I'm going to testing and quarreling. But he wanted people to remember what the Lord had done. Because they tested the Lord by saying, is not the Lord among us or not? It's interesting, God meets us where we need him. When we have this need in our life, God will meet us. So here's my question to you this morning. What do you need right now to trust God? For the... What do you need right now to trust God? Right now. What's the one thing in your life that you're saying, God, I, man, if you're here today and you've never received Christ, maybe it's for your salvation and eternal life. What's the one thing? What's that 1%? Maybe it's a sin that you can't conquer and you can't defeat and you feel like you're totally alone and isolated. Trust God with the fact that there's some godly people here that want to help you. Tell on your sin before it tells on you because when it tells on you, it's far worse. What's the one thing that you need to trust God for right now that's affecting you, that's bothering you? Maybe it's, maybe it's tithes and offerings. I don't know. Maybe it's your money. And I don't know where I'm going to be able to pay. I, you know, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this. Dollars and cents. I mean, I, the economy is going crazy, and, and I don't have the money to do this. And God says he's, we're supposed to give 10%, and man, I just don't know where it's going to come from. Guess what? Maybe that's the 1% that you're supposed to trust God with. Maybe the 1% is with your spouse. Because your marriage is not good. Maybe the 1% is that, chill, that, that child that's, that's wayward. Man, God, please. And you've prayed a hundred times. And you're saying, God, please. What's the 1% that God wants you to trust him right now? You can write it down if you want. And look and say, God, I am giving that to you. And every time you worry about it, every time you're fearful about it, every time you say, nope, I'm trusting God with it. Nope, I'm trusting God with it. Nope, I'm trusting God with it. We have to be people of the word. Don't be hearers of the word only this morning, church. Be doers. Trust the Lord. What does what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. What does it make any sense? I have $800 of bills and I have $700 of money. How in the world am I going to do this? I'll help you get a new job. Pray, I'll pray for you. Okay? No, how is this going to happen? And inevitably, the Lord will come through. So we're, we're planting this church, Okay? I'm planting this church with my wife. And my wife's like, this is crazy. 
And we had to survive off the tithes and offerings because we had already kind of been into it and people were kind of supporting us and some people weren't and then some people just didn't decide that they didn't want to send a check. When we, we support missionaries, we're very, very prayerful about it as planting churches overseas and stuff. We have churches that we've planted overseas that we're partners with. And, and, and it's, we pay that before we pay our mortgage because they're relying on it. So, so we're there, and my wife and I are like, and, and so like she's praying every week that the Lord would provide the money and the offering plate so that we could get paid that week. And can I tell you, we had $13 in the account, all right? And payroll was Friday, and that was Monday. We weren't going to get paid. I didn't even tell my wife, and I was like, God, I, mean, I don't even know what we're going to do. We had paid all the bills that we needed to pay. And then I was going to, we paid myself last. I said, God, we paid everybody and I got 13 bucks. Woohoo! Now 13 bucks can't even buy you like a cheeseburger, it feels like, right? And I was like, okay, Lord, you just got to have to come through. And every day, prayed. And did you know, it's just, just like God, Friday morning. Friday morning, one of the guys that kind of helped with the bookkeeping, he came in. That morning, he opened it up, opened up the checkbook. I mean, opened up the mail. It was a check for $18,000. Some guy didn't even know. I was like, take it to the bank and cash it and then let me know that it clears. That was my first response. No, it cleared. I didn't even know this person. Hey, heard you were planting a church, heard you were walking by faith, and God just told me to give this to you. Did you know the $18,000 like covered it? That was the closest we'd ever been that we weren't going to get a paycheck, and God totally provided right in that last moment. Church, listen, God is seldom early, but he's never late. And so don't quit. Struggle on. And don't do it alone in silence. That's why we have small groups. If you're not in a small group, it's not too late. Join a small group. Share together what's going on. Let's walk through it. So why did Moses bring the elders? He brought the elders to show them that God's not only going to provide for Moses, but he's going to provide for the elders and he's going to provide for all of Israel. And he did. Second, Trust God when you feel or know like the war is tomorrow. What's going on here? Amalek came out and fought with Israel. So Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men, and we're going to go out and fight with Amalek tomorrow. I will stand on the top of the mountain, the hill, with the staff of God in my hand. All right, Rob, come on up here. This is, this is other duties as assigned as a deacon, so be a deacon here. All right? This is Moses. This is the staff of God. Kind of, sort of. It's a cleaning staff, but it's a staff. And so we'll get the picture of this, okay? He goes up onto the hill, all right? And Joshua is down in the valley, and there's fighting going on. Go ahead and put the staff over the head. Just stay there for a while, okay? It'll start getting heavy. But he works out. He's... he's He's pretty bigger than I am, man. It's good. And as he kept the staff up with his arms up, 
They won. Now, here's the deal. This is what's interesting. They go out in the morning to fight, and when does the battle get over? So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Just, man, that's a long day to stand like that. Could you do that? Could you do it? It's more than an hour. So here's, here's what's happening. So, not, so God finally delivers water. Woo, we got water. Now all of a sudden there's this army that comes against us and they, they're going to come to destroy us. Tomorrow they're coming and they're going to wipe us out. Makes you want to quit again, doesn't it? Have you ever just gotten through something and then all of a sudden there's like another tragedy waiting for you? Like I tell you what happened. So my daughter's car, I'm, my daughter on yesterday said, are you preaching tomorrow? I said, yes, I am. She goes, I knew it. Because usually like three things happen in a row that are not fun, okay? So my daughter's transmission went out. So then she takes my car. She's coming through the tunnel and it breaks down and she rolls right out of the tunnel and off to the side. She throws on the hazard. She's calling me crying. I said, baby, slow down. I can't even understand you. And then all of a sudden, there's a tow truck that comes up, tows her and takes her to this parking lot. So her transmission's out, my car's out. And she goes, are you preaching tomorrow? And I said, yes. She goes, I knew it. And all kinds of crazy things going on. Because once you get through one issue, then you have another issue. And then another issue. Isn't that life? What did Jesus say? In the world, you will have tribulation. You will have troubles, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Just keep it up, baby. Don't let that go. <laughs> All right. We're, let me know. All right. Mark, come on up. Andrew, can you come up? Or, and, and I need, this is Aaron and her now. Okay. Is it hard? Are you hurting? Is it hurting? A little, little bit, a little bit. If you're sore tomorrow, call me. All right. Let me know. I want to know. No, trust God when you, when you feel like the war is tomorrow. They're going to war tomorrow. Israel, okay, just don't come and look at them. Watch. Grab an arm and just kind of hold it and help it. You take the right side and the left side. All right. <laughs> trust God when you feel like the war is tomorrow. Get a picture of that. Yeah, come on. Everybody pull out your phones and say, what did you do in church today? We watched a guy hold up a, a mop rag and something, you know, a dust thing and... Here, here's the deal. Israel was going to be attacked. They knew it. Joshua had to raise up an army in a night. Think about that. He, got, he had to raise up an army overnight. Can you imagine that? Going tent to tent? Hey, um, we're going to fight tomorrow. Are you in or are you out? Grab, grab your sword or whatever, your rake or whatever, and we're going to go fight. But it's okay, Moses is going to hold up his duster and he's going to deliver us. Who's in? That doesn't inspire confidence, right? But when the arms get tired and they go down, maybe Moses is like, man, my pits are starting to smell. And he puts his arms down. All of a sudden, they're losing. Aaron and her are like, nope, get it up, get it up, get it up. Okay, okay. Can you imagine Think about this. Moses was going to stand over them holding the staff up while they fought. 
Staff high, winning the battle. Staff low, losing the battle. Pretty simple, right? Aaron and Hur held up his arms, and they win. He gets, they get a rock. He sits on the rock. So, so basically, he's like this. Have you seen those Olympic weightlifters? Don't I look like an Olympic weightlifter? That's like an Olympic weightlifter. And then he goes, This is what he's doing. He's sitting on a rock, and he's holding this up. And Aaron Hur held up his arms, and they win. What happens if Moses said it was too hard? This last 1% was too hard. Holding the staff, God, is too much. Israel would have lost. This is the last 1%. But Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone, put it under him. Her held up his hands on the other side, so his hands were steady until going down at the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed the Malachite and his people with the sword. Then the Lord said, to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory. Now, you guys can go sit down. Let's give it up for them. All right. Were your arms getting tired? Yeah. Thank God. I'll put the duster back, okay? Sorry. Here, here's, here's it is, and I'm out of time because we want to beat the Presbyterians to the buffet, right? Um, I really, I, I wish I had more time that I could just kind of, every time you look at the Old Testament, every time you see the people of Israel, especially with the, with the Exodus narrative, Christ is all, about, all over this. You'll find Christ in the Old Testament. Everything points to Christ. When you're reading the Bible, Read the Bible in such a way that it, ask yourself, where's Christ in this? Where's Christ? Okay? So in the first thing is this. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, I'm the living water. He that thirsts, the drink of me. I'm the living water. So had they called out to the Lord, God would have provided water. If you're here and you're spiritually thirsty and you don't know what's doing, where's Christ? Christ is the rock. That provides the living water. Where's Christ in the second story? Christ is Moses in this example, in this narrative, where Christ held out his arms and delivered us, not in battle, not in just this life, but in eternal, giving us eternal life. The issue is that Christ doesn't get weary and tired. No, he died. He went to the cross by choice. He willingly went to the cross and died on the cross for us to deliver us. Man, Christ is in, like, just look through all the Old Testament and just see these pictures of Christ. It's beautiful. So now it comes to us. Are we going to trust God? And then he says, do we have, here's the follow-up question, do we have the memorials of how God has provided for us or delivered us? I want to challenge you with something. I have a, I have a drawer in, by my bedside. I have three drawers by my bedside. One of the drawers I have in there is that I put, I don't know, keepsakes, whatever you want to say it, however God delivered me. And it's stuff that doesn't make any sense to anybody, but I, 
when I'm struggling spiritually, God, are you there? Have you ever prayed and you felt like God doesn't answer, God doesn't hear you? You feel like you're praying, your, your prayers are going no higher than the ceiling. You're like, God, are you really there? Maybe, am I making this thing up in my head? Man, God, where? And, but there was a time where God was there and he delivered. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, most people walk away from the Christian faith, not when things are going well for them, but when something tragic happens and then they come up with the intellectual reasons not to believe. So something emotional happens and all of a sudden they realize there's no God. And when you get to that point, church, listen, get yourself a drawer or a box or something and open it up and put in there the times when you see God provide in a way that you never thought possible. And remind yourself the goodness of the Lord. Remind yourself how he delivered you. The stuff in my box is like doesn't even make any sense to anybody. I think my kids are going to look and go, oh, junk, throw it away. Because it's not for them. They need to have their own box. You need to have your own box. And, and, and put in there the things, and I have a rock in there. And it was when I had just walked out of the doctor's office and I was told that I had terminal cancer. And I picked up the rock. And I said, God, I got nothing. I don't even know what to do. And the next morning, I didn't want to get out of bed. And I have this rock. And this rock, and I looked at this rock and I said, the Bible says, Jesus, you're my rock. And right now, you feel as big as a stone. And two and a half years later, guess what? God healed me of my cancer. Now, that's a testimony to God, not me. Big journey, lots of people praying, lots of things going on. But I'm here to tell you, we can trust God over and over and over again. But he says, do we have the memorials of God that has provided us or delivered us? What did they do when they, when they crossed the Jordan River? We'll see that a little later on. They, they grabbed stones and they set up a memorial. And in this case, Moses built an altar and called the name of it, the Lord is my banner. Jehovah Nisi. Do we have the Lord as our banner in our life? Are we trumpeting the goodness of the Lord? Do we remember? And so Moses took the time to stop after the battle. He sets up an altar of praise to the Lord, maybe on that hill for everyone to see. So that as they're in the wilderness, they can always look to that hill. As, as long as they're in that area, they can always look to the hill and go, you know what? God was with us there. They can look to the rock that the water had flown out and said God was there in that. We can trust the Lord. So much more I want to share, but I don't have time. Church, where are you today? Are you, are you fainting? I would have forsaken if I hadn't believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, David writes in Psalms. Are you at the point where you're going to forsake? One of the things that, um, and I want to close with this story. The gal that does children's ministry, 
and helping each campuses, all the campuses. Her name's Cindy, and she'll probably kill me if I tell if I tell you this, but I'm going to tell you. She she lost her child at birth. Um, baby was born, lived for a few days, and then passed. And about a year later, she was sharing a little Bible study, and I and I just sat down. We all sat down, and, and it was, she was sharing, and she she made this statement, and I'll never forget it, because she got to speak to this in a way that most of us couldn't speak. And she said this. She said, I had to tell myself every day, it's not forever, it's just for now. And so all I have to do today is trust God to get me through today. Because it's not forever, it's just for now. And I just have to trust God to get through today. And guess what? Every day could be a challenge for you. Every day could be a difficulty for you. But I'm here to tell you, church, it's not forever, it's just for now. Because what waits for us in eternity is far better than anything here on this earth. And that's what my grandma would always say. She would just say, it's just the first hundred years of life that are hard. So therefore, it's not forever, it's just for now. So all I have to do today is trust in the Lord with all my heart, lean not in my own understanding, in all my ways acknowledge Him, and He will make my paths straight. Because it's not forever, it's just for now. Because what lies beyond is Christ. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord, I thank You for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's truth. And God, I wish I had like an hour to just unpack this. But God, you are so good. And you love us and we're your people and we're the sheep of your pasture. And Lord God, we need people in our lives. We need errands and hers. And you've given us small groups. And I pray that people would not leave here without getting in a small group. And I pray, Lord God, people wouldn't leave here without receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I pray people wouldn't leave here, Lord God, without trusting you a little bit more. Lord God, we recognize that this life is short. So God, help us to live our life trusting you now and forever. We love you, God, and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.